Welcome to Chats with Susan Burrell. And that's me. I help strong, capable women who have pockets of self-doubt access their inner wisdom and clarify their own truth. Chats with Susan Burrell is where we have rich conversations about empowerment, radiating your brilliance out into the world, and loving yourself more than you ever have before. And who doesn't want that? So let's get started. So welcome everybody to Chats with Susan Burrell. And um, today I have the honor, and I'm so excited, I gotta say I'm so excited, but the honor to speak with a woman who has literally um, been an inspiration for thousands and thousands of women Mm -hmm. and has helped many, many female entrepreneurs to not only get their feet on the ground, but to soar, but expand their business, to grow in a way that probably many of them didn't even have an idea. Because the woman I'm talking to today is a visionary. She is a self-professed visionary. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But I want to welcome Sandra Yancey of eWomen Network. Susan, I'm so excited to be with you today, right? (laughs) I can't see where we go. Powerful girl talk. This is it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I have a question. I know you've probably spoken this out a bazillion times, so it might just be to uh, educate me. Okay. But what caused you, all those many years ago, to go into business for yourself mm-hmm. as a woman in a time where we, it, women, the glass ceiling mm-hmm. was right. so low. Mm-hmm. So what caused you to do that? I was a rotten networker. Oh, me too. Yeah, you know, a lot of people start start their um, companies because they're really good at something. Mm-hmm. Like they're working for a corporation and they create websites. And they're like, why am I working on their website and making them millions of dollars? Why don't I do this for myself? And they then start a business at something they're really good at. And I did just the opposite. I took something that was just a... Um, horrific experience for me and said, if I can crack the code on this, Uh I know I'm not alone. I mean, if you're a social butterfly, if you're the kind of person that's, you know, you know, walks into a room and can have a conversation easily with everyone and you're comfortable talking about yourself in a big way, um, you'll do good probably in any networking environment, but I'm not. I was raised by a single mom, a very traditional Latina, don't brag about yourself kind of Mm -hmm. environment. Um, I had a brother that was 13 months older that was very sick, had a had a major heart issue. And so, you know, when he would rest, when he would sleep, it would be like shh, you know, everything was real quiet. quiet. And I'm an introvert. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm a I'm not a shy person, but I'm an introvert. I mean I can be on when I need to be on. But I also um, require and book the um, the window seat on a plane because after I'm done, I mean, I'm going to lean my head on the window and take a nap, you know? Yes. Wake myself like, up snoring or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you sound like we're cut, we are cut from a similar cloth because yeah. I, I feel the same way. I walk into a room of people... Well, I'm also an intuitive, so I walk into a room of people and I can feel so much that there's a part of me that's like, I'll just stand here and I, yeah. I, I, I'm terrible at networking, which is right. why right. I joined eWomen Network 
with a girlfriend. Uh, she said, let's do this. I said, okay, I'll go if you go. Of course, we never ended up at the same meeting at the same time. Wow. But it's been, for me, eWomen Network, so now I'm just going to talk about it, um, mm-hmm. has been a wonderful place for me as an introvert to practice how I speak about my business, to even just interact with people. And there's lots of um, high energy, on fire women yeah. that whose businesses are already rocking and rolling. Right. And to be able to speak with them and hear how they speak about their business, I, I've been learning so much. Yeah. And it's a great place for extroverts to learn that, in fact, when they allow themselves to listen, mm-hmm. they will get access to people who have skills and knowledge that can literally transform their business. It just creates this, this decorum, of, if you will, uh-huh. of respectful um, reciprocity in hearing, learning, and sharing who you are, what you do, who your ideal customer is, what your biggest business challenge is, so that we really can get everything out that everybody needs to get out and we can grow together. Okay. So th- that's, that's one of the components that is also important to me. There's several components in this, in your organization. Um, one is that everybody works together, that th- it's not an, an against competitive, you're taking my stuff, I want your stuff. Right. It's we all win as we all move forward. I love climb, right? List as you point. Five billion people on the planet. There's enough for all of us. Yes, and it's also I got a one-stop shop, right? So that if you're in launch phase, you're just growing. You get access to the things you need to get going. Then all of a sudden, you start getting customers, <laughs> and you start going, "How do I get all of this done?" And that's what I call the growth phase. Mm-hmm. Now you're starting to realize that you can't get it all done yourself. Right. right. You're just you're just on this treadmill going, you know, a mile a minute and not appreciating and enjoying the process. And so now you're starting to assemble the team, determine what are your priorities, et cetera. And then you get that rocking and rolling, get a cash cow. And now you're in what I call the leverage phase where now you can begin to decentralize and add other you know, opportunities to work with you. And, uh, and all of your customers, all of the things that you need are under one umbrella versus I got here. Now, you know, some people have like launch labs. Now what? You've launched. Right. Now what do you do afterwards? Yeah. Right. And the, the thing is, is so important is that the, all the relationships that you have along the way, you're really developing a garden that's going to naturalize and continue to grow. You don't have to start creating new relationships every time your business shifts. All of these relationships that you've developed will become, in my opinion, the ultimate, the ultimate network that you need. Yeah. Uh, well, I've been feeling that myself personally. Yeah. But, so let's go back to um, you. You started because you you claimed you're a lousy networker, right? Mm-hmm. But what, what I've witnessed, <laughs> yeah, you were. Yes. Uh, what I've witnessed about you in person is that the visionary part. So when you started eWomen Network, was did you have a vision? Did you know that one foot and the next step was going to lead to something like this? Okay, so I had a vision, but it wasn't what it is now. Okay, I couldn't have imagined eWomen Network to be the organization that it is now. I mean, I, I, you know. 
I've never run a multi-million dollar business before. I've never run a global business. We now have chapters, you know, in Australia. Lovely. I've never employed anyone before. I mean, I've never had an office outside of my home office. Mm -hmm. And now I'm three quarters of a floor, you know, up here, the fifth floor in Dallas. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I've just never done the things that I'm doing. But what I've learned is that, you know, we have to be more attached to possibility than we are boundaries. Oh, I love that. You know, we get so attached to let me get to six figures. Let me get to quarter of a million. Let me get to two employees. Let me get to. And instead, what I've learned and invested to learn this, it isn't like it was an aha for right. me, um, is that get attached to the possibility that things can be bigger than you can possibly imagine. That, that you don't have the ability, the ability right now, any of us, to fathom the size of our greatness. You know to, what? I love that. Right. Yes, because, because well, in my belief system and, and, and what I teach and what I practice is that the, the, the infinite is so huge that our human minds cannot comprehend exactly. it. Exactly. So it sounds like what you did is you had a vision, and as that bi- vision began to blossom, there, did another vision come in for the next yeah, level? I mean, the next well, level? part of it is I'm an idea person. You know what I mean? I'm right. an operation. I'm an interesting balance because... The truth is I'm an operations person at heart. That's uh-huh. the easy stuff for me. Um, but I have morphed into this place where I went from more, I have a corporate background. I loved the steady paycheck. I loved the three weeks vacation. I loved the predictability of what was expected of me every day. I loved knowing exactly what I needed to do to get that exceeds all on my performance review uh-huh. yeah. and, and everything is different now. You know what I mean? The, 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 yeah. I don't have a boss. I don't have somebody telling me what I have to deliver except for my customers. If I listen, which is the, the signature thing is not what you want, but what your customers want. But I, I was a little bit more of a, what would I call that? More of a predictor. You know, I liked a predictable environment. I have morphed over, I mean, we'll be 20, even my network will be 20 years old this September. Can't even believe it. Congratulations. But I, I've now morphed into this where I'm way more comfortable on the innovative side. I like to be an early adapter because I've learned that that's where the greatest opportunity for the biggest impact is when you're an early adapter. Okay. So I'm going to work this hard. I don't want to be working after, like everybody that's getting onto Facebook the last, you know, um, you know, four or five years. I mean, the truth of the matter is the people that really leveraged Facebook were the early adapters, the one that got the ones that got in early. And, and I was, I mean, I was in that ballpark. I have a hundred and I think 45,000 people likes or peep followers on my business page today right? That's squashed. There's no organic growth on, on Facebook. I mean, it's down to the less than 1%. It's a total pay to play environment. It mm-hmm. is completely different getting involved today, starting today than it was if you were an early adapter or the, what we call the early majority I actually have the, the, um, uh, yeah, it's it, it, what it is, is it's a bell curve for 
you know, the, the growth, the people that make the best growth, right? And I, and I look at it and I see it every day because it forces me to stay innovative and early adapter and take the risks that most people aren't willing to take. And the truth of the matter is, here's the wink, wink trick of it all. Yeah. And I learned this from Ken Craig and a very important mentor to me and business manager. And that is, it's easier to do the impossible than it is the possible because the possible is such crowded space. Everybody's doing what's possible. Oh my gosh. Uh Everybody's doing that. And so it's your, the competition, everything is so much more crowded. It's hard to maneuver. It's hard to stand out. It's hard to like take, you know, big leaps Mm -hmm. because imagine you and a million people crowded in a Coliseum somewhere, right? I hate those environments. Versus the open field right. where no one's at. And I, it, it makes sense, I think, intellectually, but it makes even more sense in reality. It's like the aha moment for me. Right. You know? Right. I talk about that taking off the blinders that are yeah. limiting you to other possibilities. Exactly. We talk very much alike. I always say we've got blind spots, bringing them from back past our periphery into full view. We, we speak very similar messages. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in this idea of expanding into possibilities Mm -hmm. that we don't even know are existing. Yeah. Does that bring you more um, joy and excitement or does it make you without question? And, and truthfully some nerves. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to say, right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the very first time when I was doing my international conference and I realized it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm going to book the whole hotel. Wow. Like sign on the dotted line and guarantee every room in the wow. hotel. Personally, by the way. Wow. Personally, guarantee it personally. Meaning if no one showed up, I was still on the line for pay right. for every room for four right. nights. Wow. Or, you know, and I mean, I, I, I didn't do it blindly. I had built up to that. The numbers had been steadily increasing and I thought it was time. But even, I, even with all the historical data that I had, uh, the minute I did it, I was like, afterwards, I found myself in almost an anxiety attack, like hyperventilating, like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What if, what if suddenly nobody likes me anymore? <laughs> <laughs> what if they don't show up? It's like, and, and I still feel it. The difference is I used to sign those contracts in the morning and then have to come to work and deal with, you know, all day with the anxiety. Now I sign the contracts at about four o'clock. And by the time we're done, it's five o'clock. I go straight to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so timing, you know, I'm going really after my own heart. I'm telling you, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So, so along, right. Well, I'm coming to the conference in August. So, so along that visionary thread, then Sandra, yep. where, where, because you spoke about this when I uh, saw you, you're seeing a much larger landscape now mm-hmm. than what's happening. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I feel like I mean, even in my business coaching program, I have had people that have bought my program that wants me to teach them how to create a membership paid women's networking group. And I'm like, sure, let me share you everything I know. Cause here's the thing. I mean, seven and a half billion people on the planet. I'm just right. so not worried about it. My competition right. isn't someone else. My competition's me. Okay. Right. 
I'm my greatest competition. I'm only limited, uh, uh, limited by my thoughts and beliefs. Right. So, so training your brain to be, it's kind of like uh, uh, Shonda Rhimes. Do you know who Shonda Rhimes is? No. She's the it girl in Hollywood right now in television, like uh, Murder, She Wrote and Grey's Anatomy and Scandal, or not Murder, She Wrote, but How to Get Away with Murder, Uh Scandal, Grey's Anatomy, et cetera. And she did this whole thing on the year of yes, that, you know, when you, and, and Mel Robbins has talked about the, the importance of, you know, paying attention to hesitation. Like we ask for a sign, opportunities come our way and we go, yes. Oh, but wait a minute. And the next thing you know, we're in our phone looking to see if the dates are available. Right. Like we can't move something on our calendar. <laughs> or let me see if I can get somebody to watch the dog. Like I can't find somebody to watch the dog. Or the kids even. And I, you know, I built this business with two little ones. My son was four when I first started and my daughter was nine. Wow. I mean, you lose your excuses, you find your results, honestly. Right. But that hesitation, it's, it can become chronic. It can become chronic hesitation. And it, it causes a disease called procrastination. Mm-hmm. Procrastination is, is a disease because it keeps you in dis-ease because right. nothing changes. Right. I mean, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you've got to learn to leap and figure it out. I bought things I couldn't pay. I didn't know how I was going to pay for. But by doing it, it made me say, woo, I got to get out of that busy crap that's not providing any results and get really focused on the things that matter and make the cash register ring because I got something to pay for now. You know what I mean? Right. I hear you. And it's interesting um, uh, when I speak to people about that kind of an ideology, I can feel them contract, implode, the the excuses come up. And and I just am watching this fascinated because that's me. That used to be me. You know, I'm investing in myself more and more. I call that self-love. Yeah. The more I choose to love myself the more I'm willing to invest in myself. And sometimes right. the reverse might need to happen. You got you to put down some cash in order to invest in a, a coach or a leadership program or whatever. And then you learn to love yourself more. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I believe there's only two teachers in life and that's, you know, mentors and mistakes. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and what I've, my own personal learning is that I'd rather invest in the, in, 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 a mentor than pay the price of mistakes. Oh, I they're love longer, that. They're harder. They're more costly. They take more time to recover from, uh, et cetera. And it, and it costs you money. It's, it's the same, only worse, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that people always are waiting for a certain sense of, and people ask me all the time, it's a common question. How did you get the confidence? And I got the confidence because I first had the courage to do things. You know, confidence is a consequence of courage. I think people sometimes are looking for confidence to come first to become courageous. And it's not, it's in taking the risk in Mm -hmm. taking the step in writing the check, right. That then you, that takes courage to do. Yes. And then figuring it out how to make it all happen. Yes. And then seeing that, you know, you become incredibly confident as a result of that because you see what you can accomplish. Right. That makes sense? Oh, it makes complete sense to me. I hope it makes sense to everybody else. If you're listening, yeah. this is what Sandra just said. Confidence is the consequence of courage. And, right. and it, those of us who have lived life a little bit longer, we, we know, okay, yeah, that was, that was a leap of faith I did way back when. Yeah. And, and look where it got me. 
And if it didn't work out, look where it didn't get you. It wasn't nearly as disastrous as we often hallucinate with our stinking thinking. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. I mean, we just, we get so attached to outcomes instead of the, the possibilities of what could be. And I do believe we need to make mistakes. I mean, you know, we've been taught in our culture that, that you know, the opposite of success is failure. Right. And Susan, the truth of the matter is that's a lie. I mean, it is not true. It's not a fib. It's a lie because failure and success are on the same road. Yes. Success is a little bit farther down and you need those mistakes because they aren't happening to you. They're happening for you because if you are going to be as great as you are made to be great, then the stakes as the more successful you get, it is true. The more things are at stake. So you need to learn some of these mistakes while the stakes are, are low so that you can, you can learn from them. That's how you get wisdom. That's what makes you a pro. That's what makes you masterful. Every master was once a disaster. It's in the repetition of doing things and learning from your mistakes that then later on when the stakes are much higher, I believe the universe has sent you a warning. That's why you go, I sniffed that. I smelled that before. I, I've seen this. I know what this means. And now I know what to do differently, right? Right. And now that's where that pro comes in. It comes from the experience of the wisdom of what didn't work out. And it's just such a critical part of, of, uh, of success. Literally, I look at every day. So I have where I where I'm sitting and I'm talking to you. I'm actually facing, you know, three huge windows that look at the sky. I'm on the fifth floor. I'm above the trees. I'm looking at the sky. It's amazing how much of a motivator that is for me. I've got my computers and my phone. I'd have to turn around to get to my desk because when I'm dreaming and I am creating, I'm not going to be tripped by my computer, by looking at my emails, by seeing what's popping up and all of that kind of thing. I'm going to turn around. And when I turn around on the side of my bookcase, I look at it all day long. And it's actually a quote from Steve Jobs. And uh -huh. it's the most powerful quote for me. It keeps me going. And it basically says, sometimes when you innovate, you make mistakes. You know, it, you know it's best to fix the problems and get onto the business of innovating right? I mean, you're going to make mistakes, fix them, learn the lesson and move on. And then when your past calls hang up, because it's got nothing new to share with you. Right. It just keeps you stuck. Right. I call that. It keeps, it, you, it keeps you in rewind instead right. of hitting the delete button. Well, for, for some people, it just keeps them in inner bondage where they're just so. Ooh, ooh that's yeah. a word. Mm. Right? Yeah. And we don't even know that we are, you know, we have chains and shackles like Marley's ghost. We don't even know it <laughs> right. when we don't right. investigate that. And so, yes, and innovation is the best way to push beyond those, those barriers. Yeah. So I want to also talk, one of the things that I was so caught, and which is another reason why I joined eWomen, is that there is a foundation. Yes. There, is a, there is a, well, not just a foundation for building your business, but there is a, a, a giving piece yeah. of eWomen that yeah. you built into it. And so we used to- From the very beginning, the day I went to the bank to open up my bank accounts, I said, I want two accounts. I want eWomen Network, and then I want the eWomen Network Foundation. And they said, what's the foundation? I said, I want it. It's like a nonprofit. It's my give back. It's part of my 
and I'll share it with you very personally, my personal philosophy around tithing. Kim and I believe in tithing. We give a percentage of everything we earn on every level, even, and I've integrated it into the business. And so I, um, and they said, well, where are your 501 uh, C3 papers? And I said, my 50 what? (laughs) Like I didn't even know what that was. And they were like, oh yeah, you have to be registered with the IRS. They have to approve you. It's a whole thing kind of thing. I said, oh, well, I need to go figure what that is out. But in the meantime, they said, well, we can't give you a free account. When you get a 501c3, we don't charge you a service fee. I said, how much is the service fee? They said at the time, um, this is at 2000, they said it was $12.95 a month. And I said, charge me the $12.95 a month, open it up as e-women charity. I couldn't call it a foundation. Right. I couldn't call it a, because I wasn't registered technically. But just call it and I'll come to you when I get the paperwork and figure it out and we'll convert it or we'll close it and I'll move the money over and we'll open it up in the whatever way you need me to open it up. So I didn't even know what I was doing, but I knew that that was something that I wanted to do from the very beginning. Yep. You you know, it is my philosophy of lift as you climb. What I knew was I was embarking on a journey. I had very little knowledge how to do. And I just feel like my mother used to always say, Don't ever expect someone to do for you what you're not willing to do for others. And so I thought, you know what? Let me always give a percentage to someone less able to do for themselves and trust that the universe will provide for me by bringing people in my life that will support and help me in the areas that I don't know. I mean, what's that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Right. And, and honestly, I feel like that's how I, I mean, here I am 19 years later. I mean, there've been people, my peers who have been in business, you know, seven, eight, nine years, and then shutting their business down either because they burned out or they haven't put in the right infrastructure or they, they didn't do the right packaging and monitor their numbers so they could try to sell it or whatever the case may be. And, you know, the truth of the matter is I think we work really hard for that to ultimately happen. And I think that, you know, getting to a million dollars is one thing, staying there and growing is another. And the real measure of success is, can you sustain it over time? Mm -hmm. And underneath all of that, from what what you just said, there is a spiritual component. No question. Which the tithing that you set in place at the inception of your business and i want everybody to hear this having a, it doesn't you don't have to call it tithing if you've no. got plugins you can just say it's your giving account whatever but right. that at the inception of any business is the stronger foundation it is it is a spiritual foundation it was the wind is, beneath my wings exactly and and the universe when you give out right yeah you give money away or things when you clean out your closet the universe then has this vacuum to fill in more. Right. And, and I, I would suggest that that is really also how you built your business. No question. You had that idea. You knew you had to give. And to this day, Susan, in different ways, I, I don't talk about this publicly, but, you know, Kim and I, when we, we close a lot of corporate sponsorships, I mean, right now we've got, you know, Dell and we've got Google and we've got UPS. It doesn't matter. The list goes on. You get the point. And point of the matter is we've set aside a percentage of all of that sponsorship dollars. And I use that when I do my 15 city tour every year to give a discount to people that say yes to their next level of amazing, like maybe coming to my conference. I can, because I give anybody that knows events, 
and then knows how I do events, knows that what I charge for an event at a live event is not a break even. Right. There's just no way I serve breakfast every morning and lunch every in the afternoon and wine, free complimentary wine and do a huge stage. Which, I mean, it's a very expensive event to put on. And, um, and, and I get, and not everybody gets it, but when I speak at certain events, I sometimes give a discount and I'm using the set aside money that I'm getting from corporate sponsors to offset it mm-hmm. because I feel like when people show up, and they're interested and there's, you are making a connection with them and they do want to say, Hey, listen, I want to learn more. Those people that say yes, like that should be rewarded. I mean, people that say yes, get, get things that people that hesitate and say no, don't get right. 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 It goes back and to I what you were saying that. that's, that's where that discount comes from. I, I really appreciate that you do that. And I think it's a, it's a gift to many people that they don't know that you're doing Sandra. So, all right. So Sandra Yancey of E-Women Network. Mm -hmm. Um, I really appreciate this fast and furious. It went fast, didn't it, Susan? We just got started. We just got started. And when I see you next, I'm going to buy you a glass of wine. How's that? Oh, I would love that. I I would love love it too. Right. And then I'll buy the second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we'll drink half. My philosophy is one's not enough and two's too many. So one and a half will do. One and a half. I'm with you right there. I am absolutely with okay. you. Okay. Thank you for again. I said this Susan. earlier, but mm. I want to say thank you again for all that you've done that you in your organization have pushed that glass ceiling way, way, way above the fifth floor. And I have chills as I'm saying this, and you're affording so many women the opportunity to really believe in themselves and earn their own living, not sitting, waiting for daddy, dear, or whomever, hubby, but to earn their own living and have a strong and empowered life because of that. So I thank Thank you you. for all that you've done. And the joy is mine. Let me just tell you, I'm all about the marches. And I'm all about the hashtags. I'm so thankful for me too and time's up. But the reality is we got to get busy yep. and you've got, we've got to be our own rescue yes. and we've got to go after our dreams and we don't have to do it alone. Yes. Thank you for that. Thank you. All right. Until next time. Yes. I'm just going to say, and so it is. Namaste. Mm, love that. Well, that wraps up our chat for today. Thanks for joining me. And if you want to learn more, go to susanburrell.com. You can contact me through the website. There's blogs for you to read. There are videos to watch. And remember, I am an intuitive healer and spiritual guide at the crossroads of life. And I would be more than honored to help you on your journey to live an empowered life. And so it is. Namaste.